Welcome to the Glance Recruiting Podcast, where we interview headhunters, corporate recruiters, CEOs, salespeople, marketing people, employer branding professionals to teach you how to become a better recruiter and how to improve your hiring process. Today's episode is with Don Don Zhu. She is absolutely incredible. She's at the top of her game and she's been a headhunter for many, many years and is a top performer. Um, she's one of the rare people who really, truly understands how to use social media particularly LinkedIn, and how to teach you to become a better recruiter. Super excited for this podcast. Thank you again to Don Don Zhu. Welcome, everyone. Super excited to have Don Don Zhu on today. Um, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. She's also a podcaster, very familiar with this space. Um, awesome on LinkedIn. Check out her LinkedIn. Um, really, really popular, influential in the space. Um, Don Don, welcome. Thanks, Chris. Really excited to be chatting here with you and your listeners. Yeah, I started my career doing headhunting right out of college. I was lucky enough to join a great global company that was able to get me very successful um, early in this business because it's a crazy business. But day one, I was doing full desk recruitment, build over 300 my first year on full desk perm. Then I went on to build over 700 in my third year in business. So very young, I was already you know doing very well in headhunting and essentially was able able to create a financially free life after that because I invested in real estate and really got the opportunity to be uh, able and financially independent to open up my own recruitment firm uh, in 2016. So right after my fifth year in the business, I decided to start my own company. Uh, started out with doing career coaching under Don Don Global. So that's our podcast, Daily Don Don. And now my agency, DG Recruit, kind of organically happened because so many headhunters have been coming to us for career advice as well as headhunting agencies who want us to help them recruit that you know we've really hired I hired a, a business partner Victor Wong to help me lead the recruitment efforts and we've just been having a great time building out this business yeah that's awesome um, so so what kind of sparked you to go out on your own instead of staying with another company well, honestly it got to a point where I was financially free so I didn't need to have a job anymore. You know, honestly, that's what's beautiful about headhunting, uh, external agency recruitment. It allows you to make really a very high income for someone without further education past a bachelor's. You know, we had cases where people didn't have a college degree, were making two, three hundred thousand a year. You know, so I was lucky in my young life, you know, making, you know, over 200 by the time I was in my mid 20s. So I didn't have to work anymore. I had planned my financial life to be in freeing me from further employment. So when I hit that fifth year in the business, I really looked around and was like, I can't really muster the energy to be on site, to go into the office. And, you know, as much as I loved my old company, I just outgrew the format of being an employee. And financially, I was able to not uh, take a job because I had all of my investments. I have a lot of real estate holdings. So I have passive income from all of that. And I just put myself in that position through careful planning. And it was actually surprising how much earlier the timeline actually became uh, because of all the planning. I originally thought I had to work for 10 years before I could retire. And actually I ended up doing it in five. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Um, so what is, because of all that, what does your day-to-day -day look like now? 
Well, nowadays I do career coaching. I kind of uh, definitely make podcasts on that. Um, but really for DG Recruit, I've been spending a lot of my time recently building that second piece of my business. And that is training my staff. So Victor and I are constantly communicating day in day about what we have to do, which candidates we have that we're working through the process, what clients we have that need to hire and what's happening with our interviews, where are we going with offers and really just dealing with the day-to-day -day recruitment. So really it's a lot of phone calls, definitely meetings, traveling. You know, we have clients all over the U.S. In fact, we even have clients globally who we end up just referring business to um, and just giving them uh, free candidates just because we don't have enough capacity to monitor it all. So for the U.S. clients, at least, we're able to really focus and spend a lot of our time generating candidates. So all of that is heavy networking, writing content, being on podcasts like these, just telling the world that we are here. We are here to help headhunters. We're here to help people progress in their careers and, you know, learn from my experience, having done the job, being in that exact same boat and having no support. You know, that's why I went into this business because when I was a headhunter, nobody was there to help me, ironically. You know, we have headhunting for every single agency and every single market, but we don't really have any great headhunters that service headhunters. So it's a real mission of mine to give back and to make friends with all of the people in our business and help them with their careers. And all of that means lots of phone calls, relationship building, lunches, coffees, dinners, what have you. A lot of just genuine relationship building. Well, and, and what has going through and have, having gone through that, what has that taught you? Well, it's taught me that everyone has very similar stories and that, I mean, basically it just reiterates that my life philosophy is correct. Um, I've always believed that you cannot rely on a job and you cannot rely on an employer for your life success. It's just incredibly dangerous in this day and age. And what I'm trying to do every day is to advise headhunters to be smarter about our career planning. Because headhunters, we're naive salespeople. Have you heard this, Chris, where they're like, salespeople are the most easy to sell to? Have you heard that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's absolutely true. We are naive. We trust people because we trust others. You have to trust people to do business, right? In sales, if, if recruitment is sales. If you don't trust your clients and candidates, you can't have a successful business. So I'm so used to trusting people that in my career, it's really held me back because I was so loyal to a point where it ended up not being a service to me. And I realized that all the advice I was giving my candidates, I should have heeded that as well. And I did it. And it was almost like too late. So if you follow my career story, I have lots of podcasts and um, shows about this. But basically, I, I had a, a really good run. And then something uh, awful happened in my fourth year of business where everything kind of crashed. And I was really bitter. And I took a counter offer eventually. And it's like this whole story of what I went through. And that's exactly what everyone's going through today. But a lot of headhunters I know from having worked with headhunters, worked under headhunters, being surrounded by headhunters all day, we don't do enough in the financial planning part of our lives and the career planning part of our lives to protect ourselves from having uh, career issues. Like we're, we're always the last to know, we're always doing things reactively because of this loyalty that we have to our employer. And I get that you know, because they get us young. You know, I came out of college, this is our first company. They showed me how to make six figures within 
my early 20s, you know, so you feel a lot of loyalty to that business. But what people don't see until later is that there are so many employers out there that could do a lot for you as well. And that's what my job is, is to communicate that and to reiterate that and to also give people the power to access that next stage of their life and their career, whether it is a new job, whether it is being smarter about your money, you know, whatever it is because I've been there, I can uniquely help people with that scenario. Well, so do you also help um, kind of smaller private agencies and headhunting firms? You help them find their headhunters, is that correct? Yeah, that's my whole business. So I work with all agency recruitment businesses. So it could be a large international firm, it could be mid-sized, it could be publicly listed, it could be startup. But the key thing that I'm looking for to take on as a client is that you have to be a top biller. I don't work with any leadership who has never billed over half a million on their own. I just don't, I don't work with companies like that. Those are the people that I will take staff from because companies should be able to perform at a high level. If you can't perform at a high level, you shouldn't be in business because if you can't do a good job yourself, you can't teach other people how to do a good job. So when I look for partners, I only look for the best agencies because I also can't risk hiring people into businesses that aren't successful, that can't be successful sustainably because I'm responsible for people's livelihoods. So when I work with agencies, I look at the leadership. I don't look at, you know, what stage of growth they're in. That's, that's kind of neither here or there. I look at the management team as the focus. Are they diligent? Are they top billers themselves? Are they careful with money? Because it's easy to overspend and to go bankrupt, right? How many businesses fail every year? So I want to make sure that the agencies we partner up with have a track record and deserve the candidates that I'm out there getting every day. Because the people we work with, I believe in, I like them, we have great relationships, they're friends to me, and I would never put them in a line of fire. So I'm very careful on both sides who we take on, candidate or client. Well, and, and what separates those, the, the top clients from the not top clients? I mean, what do they act differently? Do they recruit differently? What, I mean, what is the difference between them? Well, for, as far as I know, I, I look at a few different factors. What is their track record? How long have they been in business? What's their history? Like what's, what has happened in that business in the time that they've been in business? Then I look at the billers themselves, like the, the leaders, you know, they're usually billers. They usually have to bill, right? They can't just hands off, do the whole thing, unless it's a huge business where that is the case. Um, so I look at the leadership's personality type. Um, are they communicative? Are they reasonable? Are they, uh, do they have a healthy ego? One that is strong, but at the same time, not overly narcissistic. Um, are, do they have a training program in place? Do they have existing top billers in their organization? So a lot of the questions I ask are like, how much are your top billers making now? You know, how many people here are taking home over 300000 a year? You know, like how much billing do you consider a good biller? And if those metrics are all in line with kind of our understanding of kind of where you need to be to be considered a good headhunter, then, then we agree. You know, if I talk to a, a, a company who thinks that someone who bills $150,000 is impressive and their top brass is 
only having ever billed, like I said, sort of under half a million, I'm going to look at that with like kind of a question mark. Like, how are you in business if you yourself have only done a certain amount every year? So you can just judge by track record, personality type, um, history, existing uh, staff performance, and also look at their strategy. Also, another thing that feeds into it is what markets are they currently going after and future strategy in terms of growing their infrastructure. What are they going to have their recruiters doing in the future? What is the future business model they're going to employ? Because sometimes firms have full desk, sometimes they have split desk. Both of them can be well run in different contexts. So it's important to look at how they plan to for instance, take a full desk into a split desk model. You know, what is their perm recruitment versus their contract recruitment strategy? How much of that do they have? Because every business usually has a little bit of both. And it's helpful to understand which one do they prioritize, the history behind both of those, and just, again, really understanding their business model in addition to their personality type. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty awesome. Um, so what, let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, considering a lot of people are are young, they're they're new, they're just starting out, they're hungry, they're eager. Um, what kind of things do you wish you would have known when you were first getting started? Oh wow, I really wish I interviewed at more firms. I wish I knew what I was getting into <laughs> because it would have <laughs> helped me, you know, figure it out. Like I was very naive and dumb, like out of college, like I was very dumb, and and I took the first job that I got. Like I didn't even, and I was like, uh, they, they did a really good job closing me. They were like, if we were able to give you this job, would you take it? And I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Just to be polite. And they're like, great, you got the job. Awesome. When are you starting? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's how I got the job. And I didn't even know anything about recruitment. And part of that is we're lazy, you know, college grads. I don't know. I, I thought I was already a go-getter. I had lots of businesses in college. I was always, I felt like I was a go-getter, but I didn't use any resources. I mean, back then in, in 2011, 2010, I don't even think smartphones and the, the flow of the information age is as robust as it is today, right? Back then, there was a lot less content. There wasn't a lot of guideposts. There wasn't like someone like myself going out there telling people what headhunting is all about. So like if you didn't already know it, you wouldn't really know it. And that was at the beginning of the UK businesses really coming to the US, setting up shop. And that was the wave I caught. I caught a UK firm, a very great background, wonderful track record globally, and they were setting up shop in New York. And I just was lucky that I hit that first job and hit that good team kind of from day one. My manager was like incredible. So like I was so lucky um, to a certain degree. So that's where if, if I could have done it any differently, I should have done some more research. I should have absolutely looked at other firms. Um, but looking back at the same time, I obviously have no regrets because it, it all worked out. But for someone today, yeah, you should absolutely look at multiple firms, um, expand your ge geographic horizons if you can, because there's great leadership in all states, in all metropolitan cities. It's not like you have to stay where you need to stay. You can move anywhere because most recruitment agencies, they'll give you a pretty decent base to start off with. So you should be able to afford a rental, you know, anywhere. You might have some debt, you might need a little help, but you should be able to move should you uh, get an opportunity elsewhere. So expand your horizons, don't let geography hold you back, and absolutely try to talk to as many employers as possible instead of just relying on one offer. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty good advice. I think a lot of people just don't, you know, it, they just don't really think about it, but it's hard. It's hard to think it's about hard. things if you don't know what to think about, you know, it's yes. like, you don't know what you don't know. So it's, it's difficult. Exactly. And then in my case, you know, I said yes already, you know, <laughs> like I kind of like fell into saying yes. So it's not even like I could have backtracked from there. You know, that would have been really bad. Um, and also as you get more experienced, you really need to do what I tell my candidates, but I didn't believe it until too late, which is you've got to network when you don't need to. And that's the thing too. People don't do things unless they have to. And that's the difference between like a successful person versus someone who's not successful. People who aren't successful do things reactively. They only do something when they're laid off. They only do something when the job isn't going well. They won't do anything if things are going well. So ironically, the people who do well, that is the perfect time to leverage because you have nothing to fear and you have all to offer. When you are in the power position, there's no better time to leverage what you've done and where you've gotten to and just hit the market and talk to people and see what others can offer you because that's when you have nothing to lose because everyone wants you. When you're in a power position, everybody wants you. When you're weaker, everyone's gonna, like it's this weird thing, human nature, it's very odd. Right. When people are weaker, we take advantage. When people are strong, for some reason, it makes us want them more. So that's why we align ourselves with the best candidates in that position where we're saying, don't get comfortable. Let's leverage this and let's get you an even better situation. And nine times out of 10, we are able to because other companies are happy to pay. <laughs> I love that energy. I love that fire. That's awesome. And, and you're, you're spot on, you know. It's real interesting dynamic, and it probably does go back to human nature, um, mm -hmm. but certainly things to keep keep in mind. Um, talk talk a little bit about how you've kind of built your personal brand and how, um, I mean, personal brands don't just accidentally happen. You, you have to be deliberate about it. So talk a little bit how you've kind of shaped that and, and how you're doing so so well on LinkedIn in particular. Yeah, that's a really great question. I think everyone's trying to hack this personal branding thing, right? It's this term that everybody wants to get into, but most people haven't really cracked the code on it. So for me, it's pick a few platforms that you want to be known on. And why do you want to use those platforms, first of all? So for me, the main platforms that I've experimented with are absolutely LinkedIn, also Quora, and then I tried Medium. So for software people, Reddit, right? Reddit is the thing to be. For consulting people, Fishbowl. These are places where you want to get engaged. So first, you got to know where your network is hanging and where you need to be. That's where you want to build your personal brand. So if you're in marketing, you want to make sure you focus on the areas where your marketing folks are hanging out. So I was doing life science recruitment before. I was hanging out with all the life sciences people at the same conferences, trying to get like speaking gigs at those conferences. So I did that in that world. In today's world, I'm writing content that I know will appeal to our network, which is all headhunters. So LinkedIn is the best place to do that. Another great place for me is Quora. Quora allows me to write content for free and then they syndicate and they put your content onto Forbes and Inc and Apple News and HuffPost and Ladders. So I've been featured on all of those websites because of Quora. And Quora has a lot of young people tuning in, a global uh, engaged 
uh, audience. These are people who want answers. Quora is a platform that allows people to ask questions and allows influencers to answer questions. So it is already by the nature of that platform filled with people who want to improve their status quo. And this is the exact group of people I want my message to hit. I want to help people who are ambitious, who might not know what to do, to understand different aspects of career and life strategies that they can employ. And some of those people are going to be interested in doing headhunting and they're going to convert and they're going to follow me onto LinkedIn. So number one is you got to know what platforms you're using and how is that going to translate into the next step, which is now that you have their attention, you wrote an article or you did something, the next step is to increase the frequency of your consistency. So not only do you have to post, but it has to be on a sort of regular schedule. Like if you just disappear for like months, and you don't have anything coming out, you're going to lose a lot of the momentum that you built up uh, because you lose the social sharing aspect. And I'm not a professional on this stuff, but I just noticed that you just have to have some sort of schedule. So on Quora, I've gotten really busy. I haven't been able to post as often as I'd like, but I try to do at least one a week. And then also use your email list. If you're an entrepreneur, you have your own email list. That's also something that you can leverage. People like us, we have podcasts. That's another platform that we use that really helps with personal branding. So depending on who you are, what stage you're in in business and what you're allowed to say, what you're not allowed to say. A lot of people in finance, they can't say anything, right? So there's a lot of restrictions to a certain degree. Um, but work with what you have. Work with what you can say and, and create meaningful content that is of high quality. There's no point. On Quora, you'll see people write lots of, really horrible, short, meaningless blurbs. And that's just, you're better off not doing that because it just makes you look worse. You're actually better off not commenting if it's bad or if it's you know negative messaging, you're just better off not doing it at all. So personal branding is like a whole nother um, point, but I think the, tr the trick is to understand the platform and to utilize the consistency. And if you're not a great writer, you should really practice because writing is, unless, if, unless you have the money to pay someone else to do it, it's left to you. You know, you have to hone in that voice and you have to have your own view. And it's very hard to, most of us don't have money to hire a professional writer to do that for us. And even taking the time to convey the message to somebody else takes longer than just doing a good job yourself. So written skills is, is crucial. And for some of us that do a lot of oral content, obviously working on our public speaking skills is another very important skill set that we have to invest in and practice. Yeah, I can, I completely agree. And, you know, these are some pretty incredible points. Um, this has been action packed. I don't know if anyone has come on here and been so knowledgeable about headhunting in particular and applying that to recruiting um, in social, especially on LinkedIn and other networks. So um, this has been awesome. Um, if people want to reach out to you, how, how can they get a hold of you? How can they follow you? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. We're so keen to get in touch and help people. So if you're a headhunter who wants any advice and wants a safe space where you can share your thoughts, I mean, God knows we have lots of drama in this industry. I'm happy to just lend an ear and be of support. So feel free to message me directly, dondon at dondonglobal.com. You can also go to our website, dondonglobal.com, dgrecruit.com. We have free resume guides, free interview guides. 
lots of free content, so much that you don't even want to go through it all. And obviously, if you even want to work with me one-on-one, I do take on private coaching clients as well. So you can consider that too. And that's why I love all the different platforms we have, because you get a really good sense of my style and what I'm able to do for people. But LinkedIn, obviously, is always great. You can send me a message. My name is Don Don Zhu, D-A-N-D-A-N, space Z-H-U. And you can just add me and start the conversation there. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Don Don. It was a real pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chris.